The local church is a collection of people who are being transformed by Jesus, who live in a community purposefully to model and proclaim Jesus. Scripture tells us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Every story is unique. Each person is an individual who has met Jesus. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Together, we are the church, and these are our stories. Welcome to Generations Church Podcast. I'm Jeff Luddington. Today, for our Stories of Faith series, I have with me a friend and an elder at Generations Church, Amaldi Rosario. Amaldi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right, man. So your story, did you bring notes? No. Okay. So it's your story. So you're pretty comfortable. All right. So yes. uh, let's. all we're doing is kind of leading in and just saying, hey, what's your story of faith? And so get us started. What's, tell me a bit about your background. And somehow you got to convey over the microphone that you're Puerto Rican because I know it's super important. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know how you pull that off. So let us know. What's your background? So I was, I was born in Puerto Rico and I was raised... Uh, close to my grandmother and my grandfather, and my grandmother was a devout Catholic. She loved Jesus, mm. and it's funny because us growing up, we used to make fun of her because she was also very regimented, if you will. Okay, and so we would tease her, we would make fun of her, but I found out later on in my life that that set the foundation for me because she introduced. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit into my life. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I and mean, you made fun of her, therefore, kind of casting you headlong into hell. Absolutely. I was <laughs> I was on a path for, for hell. <laughs> All right. So, so give it up for Catholic grandmas. I mean, I, I you know, even Christian, Catholic, whatever. But grandmas of faith, man, I have one yes. too. And and sometimes it skips a generation. Our parents don't catch the fire, you know, for right. a bit. And, and really, the grandparents have a bigger influence. So... You're raised with a Catholic grandma, and you guys kind of, you poke fun at, but you recognize later that lays a foundation. So how does that become, yeah, how does that, can, how does that move over to where you start coming to faith? So it's, it started really, well, let me just kind of take a step back. I sure. mean, I, I ran the streets. Okay. I, um, I had both my parents at home, but my dad was rarely home, if you, I mean, right. if, if you will. And um, so I was really raised by my mother. And so even though we did our confirmation and we did those, those things, we didn't practice it. So, again, running the streets, drinking, drugs, all that stuff. I mean, I, I did it all. Um, how old when, are you? Like when you're talking about right now, how old are you talking about? I started drinking at the age of maybe 13. Hmm. In, in junior high, smoking weed. Yeah. Um, then it moved up to cocaine in high school. Um, it just yeah. did that. So when we found out that we were going to have a baby, um, I realized that I did not want my daughter to grow up in an environment that I was in. I didn't want her to end up with a guy like I was. Mm, okay. So I started asking questions. I started asking some friends some questions, and I just started to seek, but I, all I knew was Catholicism. Right. Now, let me ask you something. Yes, so, sir. okay, so clearly you're talking about Wanda. 
right? So Wanda's the mom with both your kids. And so are you married yet? At this point, yes. Okay, so you're married. Yes. And you find out you're pregnant or you want to start a family. So and which, of course, becomes your daughter. Right. So you don't. That's a powerful statement. I don't want my daughter to marry a man like I currently am. So clearly I'm the issue. right? Right. So that leads you to a crisis of life is that a crisis of faith or just a a fact-based things like hey man i'm not a great dude and i i would want better for my daughter so yeah where are we in that well again being the guy that i was and the guys that i hung out with i did not i did not want my daughter in that atmosphere but i knew that i needed to be the one to change to create that atmosphere for her Okay. All right. So how does faith come into the story there? So there's some realities. There's sin, or even if you didn't call it sin, but there's a lifestyle that you don't want for, for you, but really for your daughter, um, I'm assuming probably you want to be a better man for your husband and you're looking for forward for, I mean, for your, this is a different podcast. If you have a husband. Yes. Okay. So for your wife, and so you realize, okay, you're the issue. So right. is it a spiritual issue or is it just a lifestyle issue? Well, I knew that in order to change my lifestyle, I needed God. Okay. So um, it was both, if you, okay. if you will. I, I just knew I couldn't do it on my own. Okay, so we go from Catholic grandma mm-hmm. building a... I think a lot of us have this. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in the church, and so I believed in God, right? I could have articulated the Trinity, kind of mm-hmm. like what you said earlier, but I didn't have a faith. And so how does this move to you now getting a faith? How, did, how does that come about? Is it, and is it still Catholic? My faith? At the time. At this time, um, again, I was seeking. I was talking to friends and what have you. And the friends that I was talking to were Christians. Okay. But I was going to both. I was going to a Christian church one weekend, Catholic the next. Because, okay. again, I, I just You're looking. I didn't know any better. And I was right. looking. So when my daughter was born, she was born sick. Okay. Uh, she came out of the womb, and they took her away immediately. Uh, we didn't get to hold her, nothing. Hmm. So the next day, I'm sitting in the room with my wife, and we're scared to death. I mean, we don't know what's happening. This is our first child, and we're scared. And then the nun walks in, and she asks us if... Um, we wanted the father to pray for us because she okay. was born in a Catholic hospital. So we said, of course, yes, we want her. Right. We want prayer. And then she asked me a question that just kind of threw me for a loop, which was, well, what church do you go to? And I said, the Christian church. Okay. And when she found out it wasn't Catholic, immediately she told me, well, then we can't pray for you. Hmm. Um, and that hurt me. That, so a that, lack of shout out to Catholic nun nurses, <laughs> right? Yes, that was but, a hard moment. Yes, right? yes. But again, the disclaimer is I know there's a lot of people that love sure, Jesus that course. attend Catholic churches. So, But at that point for me, really not knowing, I just said, you know what? I'm going to Christian and I'm going to go that route. Okay. So, so your daughter's still alive. I know that because uh, just before we started recording, I got a very silly version of you on FaceTime with your grandbaby. So I yes. know she's still, so we know the story plays out well. So fast forward. So 
you then begin to take your faith more seriously. What's the, what's the next big moment for you and Wanda, your daughter? I know you eventually have a son. So pick up the story. Fast forward to that next kind of big picture part of the story. Yeah, so after that, I got involved with church. Um, nobody really discipled me. Uh, I just learned on my own. Uh, kept hearing about the love of Jesus and and his grace and all that. And I believed it, but it wasn't in my heart. And so I walked for the next 15 years what I would call cultural Christian, which is uh, a person who's got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Okay. And during that time... So tell me about that. So give me your snapshot of a Maori with one foot in the church, one foot in the world. So kind of, yeah, paint me a picture of that. Okay. Um, so I was going to church. I was involved. I did children's ministry, uh, again, involved, going to the, to, to the retreats and, and church and all that. But um, the changing, or, well, let me just take a step back. So I was doing that, but I was also working. And I was what most people would call successful. I was making, you know, six digits, had the cars, had the homes. Right had the jewelry, money in the bank. We had it all. Um, and then one day, and, and I'll give you a date, uh, it was November of 2005, the Lord put it on my heart to read the book of Job. Okay. And when I say put on my heart, he just impressed upon me to do that. So no so, audible voice, no, no audible voice, no light shining down, burning bush. No, nothing right. like that. It was just, but it, I knew it was God again. So for people listening that may not know, like that means something to me that you're reading the book of Job. Cause I, I've, cause I understand the book of Job. So, mm -hmm. uh, I have a framework for that for those who might've just jumped on and they don't have a framework for the book of Job. Give me a 30 second snapshot. What's the book of Job all about? So we have this man, Job, who loved God with all his heart. And um, we see in the, in the book that he ends up losing his money, his health, and his family. And, you know, people say, well, God took that away. No, God just stepped aside and let him deal with it. And it just right. happened. So when I read that, I'm thinking, man, what a great testimony because this guy, Job, he suffered. He went through all of that, but he never, uh, he never wavered in his faith for God. Okay. So, yeah. So when I read it, I thought, I just said, man, what a great testimony for other people. So Bible note, Job loses everything except for his wife. Is that a part of the punishment or a part of the, oh no. Okay. But my wife's going to hear that. Never mind. Okay. So, so you, you, God is impressed upon you to read the book of Job. Yes, do you take that as a, Hey, I'm Audi, This is what's coming. Or do you, is this, what's the lesson in God telling you, leading you to read that book? Yeah. Again, I, when I read it, I just thought, man, just what a great testimony okay. for others. I didn't think it was for me. I'm going to guess that's, that part changes pretty quick. Yes. Okay. How's it change? <clears throat> so I read it in November of 2005. December 16th, I remember this like it was yesterday, of 2005. Um, I lost my job. Okay. And then in January of 2006, I hurt my back, stopped playing ball. 
I couldn't exercise. So by May, I had gained 50 pounds. Mm. And I was actually rushed to emergency. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background for those who are familiar with this, uh, I was diagnosed as diabetic. Okay. My cholesterol, which is supposed to be under 200, mine were uh, 1,500. Mm. Uh, my triglycerides, supposed to be under 200, mine were 12,500, and my sugars were 550. Wow. The doctor said I should have been dead. I should have been dead. But by the grace of God, um, he healed me. I came home and just thankful that I was able to live. You know, again, I just continued praying and, and spending time with the Lord. But uh, something, something very powerful right. happened after that. So for people that are listening and not putting either you're you're younger and don't catch the reference or you're just not thinking about it. So that's 2005, 2006. Like we hit the worst economic downturn of our lives, 2007, 2008 was terrible, right? So you lose your job and your health. Um, obviously your health isn't complete, like you don't lose your life. Right. And so in the middle of an economic downturn, so things are not, things are not great. And God had led you to read the book of Job, which in that Job loses everything. Mm -hmm. So what's the, what's the life lesson for where, what does that bring you to for your faith? Well, at that point, he wasn't done. At this point, I'm thinking when, when those two things happened, it was like a light bulb that went off. And I'm thinking, wait a second, this wasn't a great testimony for others. This was him preparing me for what he's about to take me through. Are you doing the math now? Okay, job, check. Health, mm -hmm. check. Uh-oh. Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. So when I got to that point, I'm thinking... Not my family, Lord. Right. Not my family. Take me, put me back in the hospital. I'll take their place. And so I had this prayer time, this talk with the Lord for like six months. And after six months of just fighting him, um, I just remember one night I'm waking up. I'm in my office two o'clock in the morning and I'm praying and I'm just shouting out to God and I'm crying and forgive me if I get a little emotional because it was just such a, ch a powerful changing point in my life um, that I'm sitting there praying out to God. And, and, and all of a sudden, it just hit me. I said, you know what, God? If it's your will to kill my family, so be it. Mm. And uh, for any fathers or mothers out there, that... You would never say that. Right. But this was God that was just, I mean, just pushing this on me. And, and not that he was pushing it, but he just kept telling me, your family, your family, your family. And the minute I said that prayer, and I said it with my heart, it was, it was real. I just was overwhelmed with this peace. And I remember the Lord telling me, again, it wasn't audible, it just... You know, the Bible says that we hear his, we hear his voice, right? The sheep right. hears his voice. So I was hearing him, not audibly, but it was in my heart. And just pervade him. He says, the Maori, I don't want to kill your family. I don't want to take your family. I gave you your family and I love them. But mm. you, a Maori, were putting your family before me. 
and I I didn't realize this till later, but I had made my family my idol. Um, And at that moment, I just said, you know what, Lord? My life has completely changed. That's when I realized the grace of God. That's when I realized the love of God. Mm. Um, And he just, uh, the first thing I did that morning is I gathered my family together and I told them what happened and we started changing. um, Well, let me jump in there before the changes because I do want to hear about that. But there's a gospel theme here, right? And so, you know, the most famous verse in all of the Bible, you know, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so the gospel really is, is not just a God who loves us and that we just call upon, but that sin has caused a, a penalty that separated us from God and that has negative implications in life, whether you're Job and it's, you know, disease. So it could be anything, right. right? But that God loves us so much that God has given his own son, his only son, that, that he has given family. Well, the call is in the gospel that once we are Christ's, once we are God's, right? Once we are forgiven and redeemed and, and we begin to follow Jesus, that we lay everything down just like God laid everything down for us. Right. And so that was, you were a, you, you know, your words, cultural Christian. So you attended church, you did things, but you were struggling to be a disciple, but you were growing in that. God speaks to you. You read the book of Job. There's this moment of testing. I, I think of Abraham and Isaac, yeah, right? Yes. And so there's this uh, moment where God makes you really come to terms with that you've put your family before him. So you're living, you start this life of faith, really, like, hey, I'm kind of a schmuck, you know, <laughs> like I've got kids now and I don't I don't I would not want my daughter to date a guy like me. So family really leads you to God. Absolutely. But then you take that same family and elevate that family to being more important than God. Uh, idolatrous, right? Like right. an idol for anybody listening, anything you you put before God. Right. right? It could be a job, it could be a family member, it can be whatever, right? Pastors, we, you know, struggle with ministries becoming an idol and not something that we do for God. So you get to this place where your life is transformed. How, how does it, because you said you got together your family. How does that impact your family? What happens? So, um, it, I mean, it, it, things happen throughout the years, but we started to get involved with ministry together. Uh, well, my kids were still in junior high and, and high school, so they, they weren't really involved, but my wife came beside me and started helping me and, and we ended up starting a Bible study at our home mm-hmm. that for, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but for about a year and a half, there was maybe six to eight people mm-hmm. in our study, and we were four of them. <laughs> right. Um, but I just, you know, I just, I wanted to serve God so much. I mean, I, I just fell so deeply in love with him that, that he told me to start this Bible study, and I was just going to see it all the way through. Sure. And within like two years, I'm, I'm teaching and all of a sudden it was like Paul or, or like the scales came out of, off my eyes and I look and I had like about 20 young adults in my house. Hmm. And I said, that was God. I didn't even realize it was happening, but God was doing a work. And that was just that was just the start. Yeah. And so this I'm, I'm assuming this becomes. Resurrection, right? Like this becomes the church you plant? No. Oh. No, this was before. So that's a whole separate thing. Yeah. This actually becomes our young adult um, group at the church that we were attending oh, at okay. the time. 
because uh, we just didn't have the space in our house anymore. So we took it to the church and it okay. became our young adults. And uh, But you do. You go on. You plant a church. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, on the other side of that, man, you, you come here. You're an elder here. I know your son's grown up to be a worship leader. Yes. Uh, I know um, your daughter's husband is a pastor, mm-hmm. right, and a, and a friend. And, yes. and so uh, this family, well, if I could say this for you, this is probably words you would never say, but you became a man that you would want your daughter to marry someone like and, and, yes. and your son to become, and that actually is true, your daughter's married to a pastor yes. and your son is as a worship leader. And so yes. you got to see this all this arc of family leading you to a need for God, God mm-hmm. challenging your 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 love for your family, which is good, but in the way you were doing it to a better way, a healthier way, to a place where really your heart's desires came true. You got to show your daughter what to look for in a yes. husband. Is that fair? It, it is. And, and it's funny that you would say that because she tells me all the time. She says, Alex is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, Daddy, he's so much like you. It's not even funny. Is she saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? Both. Depends on the moment. All right. <laughs> fair enough, man. Both. Uh, but yeah, and like I said, this guy, um, he's not my son-in-law. He's my brother. Right. He's my brother, and I love him. I love him dearly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to button us up there, man. There's so much to your life, but that's really cool. And, and so I just want you to, if you're listening, I want you to hear this, that, that God really does give us the desires of our hearts. And sometimes the desires of our hearts that are in the way, God will challenge us through them. Absolutely. And so he used that not to take your family because he's a good God. Right. He's a loving God. He, he did that so that you would have a right relationship to your family so that he could use you even more. Yes. Well, hey, Amaldi, I want to say thank you. Uh, One, uh, I love you. You're a friend. You're an elder here. uh, And I appreciate you and your leadership. And so first, thank you. Uh, And then for all of you listening, as we continue our journey through stories of faith, you're going to hear from a wide spectrum of stories, some with craziness in the background, some with, you know, crises and and then others that really just this natural progression, but God really works in every one of those stories. And so share this with a friend that may want to hear it. Subscribe and listen. We can't wait to drop the next episode of Stories of Faith. Thank you for listening to this story about how Jesus made a difference. Generations Church is filled with ordinary people who met an extraordinary Savior. Subscribe so you don't miss a single story. Would you stop and share this with one friend today? The story of Jesus is most easily seen in the lives of people who know him.